You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On April 22, 2004, former NFL star and U.S. Army Ranger Pat Tillman was killed by Taliban fighters in Afghanistan. Or, at least that's what his family and the public were led to believe. Prior to the 9-11 terror attacks, Pat Tillman had been an MVP college football player who was then drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 1998. He continued to shine as a pro, becoming a beloved starting player and breaking the team record for most tackles just two years later in 2000. Then came September 11th, 2001. As a series of terrorist attacks unfolded, leaving a gaping hole in the Pentagon and the Twin Towers in ruins, all of America was left shocked, scared, and utterly devastated, and the attacks seemed to have struck a particular chord with Tillman. He thought of his great-grandfather, who had been at Pearl Harbor. In fact, many of his family members had fought in wars, and he felt, by comparison, that he hadn't, quote, done a damn thing as far as laying himself on the line like that. In May 2002, Tillman made the bold and unprecedented decision to turn down a $3.6 million contract with the Cardinals and instead enlisted in the U.S. Army. Tillman and his brother Kevin trained together to become Army Rangers, elite soldiers who specialize in joint special operation raids. Both were eventually assigned to the 2nd Battalion of the 75th Ranger Regiment based in Fort Lewis, Washington. A year later, in 2003, they were shipped off to Iraq. Tillman had wanted to be deployed to Afghanistan and fight against Al-Qaeda so that he might help bring Osama bin Laden to justice. But the George W. Bush administration had made the decision to deploy troops to Iraq due to Saddam Hussein's alleged weapons of mass destruction. One year later, however, Tillman got his wish, and his second tour took him to Afghanistan. But Tillman quickly came to realize that the war there wasn't exactly unfolding as it was being portrayed in the American media. He was confused and uncomfortable, for instance, over the media's spin on the rescue of prisoner of war Jessica Lynch referring to the situation as, quote, a big public relations stunt for the U.S. Lynch had been captured by Iraqi forces during the Battle of Nasiriyah in March 2003, and Tillman's first mission as a ranger was to join the squad sent in to rescue her. After that operation was a success, however, the Pentagon circulated a false report that Lynch had fought back ferociously before being captured, painting her, as she would later put it, like some Rambo from the hills of West Virginia even though she'd simply been knocked unconscious when her vehicle crashed. Nevertheless, Lynch's rescue was one of the most celebratory bright spots for the American government and media in the early days of the War on Terror. However, one of the war's darkest, saddest stories broke in April 2004, when it was reported that Pat Tillman was dead. Reports said that Tillman had been killed by enemy combatants in an ambush southwest coast. Top-ranking officers recommended that he be posthumously awarded the Silver Star and the Purple Heart, and Senator John McCain even delivered Tillman's eulogy. But a month later, the Army would reveal a new report. Pat Tillman had accidentally been gunned down by his fellow soldiers during a firefight. However, it also soon surfaced that he'd been shot three times in the head, and at close range. 
What's more, his personal items had been burned, and those who were present were told to keep quiet about what had happened. So was Pat Tillman's death really an accident? Or was it something far more nefarious? You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Austin Harvey. And I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. And today we're discussing the death of Pat Tillman. Did you know anything about this story ahead of time? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I... Back in the day, I edited our post on it or like had okay, a, did a first okay. pass on it. And that's where I learned most of the story because when this actually happened, I was in high school. So I wasn't really like I knew the name, but I wasn't paying close attention to yeah. current events at that time. So I graduated high school in 2009 and he died in 2004. But anyway, yeah, I was in high school. So I wasn't like I, I again knew his name and knew his face, but and I knew I guess I knew when he died, but I didn't know any of the other stuff until like much, much later. It just wasn't on my radar. Yeah, it's it's kind of a wild story because I was sort of like finding it out as I was drafting up this outline. Uh huh. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, not to dilly dally any longer. I'll we'll get into the story here. Yeah. Patrick Tillman was born on November sixth, nineteen seventy six, in San Jose, California. The oldest uh, of three brothers. And basically just always a natural athlete. Um, high school, he led his football team to the Central Coast Division I football championship, earned him a scholarship to Arizona State University. He basically just continued to excel at sports throughout the entirety of his college career, leading his team to an undefeated season and being named MVP in 1997. A year later, the Arizona Cardinals drafted him. And while with the Cardinals, he broke the team record for most tackles in 2000. Mm. Then something happened. Yeah, 9-11 happened, yeah. which naturally uh, kind of shook up the state of everything. Yeah, I know. It's it's interesting that like, even now it's, it's um, well, we're recording on September 8th, but, you know, yeah. I, I like I'm going somewhere on Monday, which is the 11th. And I'm not like nervous about it, but I'm like, I'm always like a little bit nervous about it still. Yeah. It's, there's like a weird, um, aura about that day. Yeah. Still. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember 9-11. I was five when it happened. I know a lot of people who do remember being pulled out of school. My mom told me she pulled me out of school. I have zero memory of that. Hmm. I was not pulled out of school, but I, I was on the West coast. Maybe they didn't feel like we were in danger. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little yeah. bit closer. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Well, actually, yeah, there was a plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. It wasn't mm -hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. So makes sense. True, true. But yeah, it obviously had a huge impact on Pat Tillman as well. Yeah. Uh, the year after he was offered another contract for $3.6 million with the Cardinals. This is 2002. And he turned it down and decided to enlist in the U.S. Army specifically to go to Afghanistan and fight against Al-Qaeda. Mm. Al-Qaeda? Al Al-Qaeda. Is there a... Is it Al-Qaeda? Okay. I can't think it sure. can be either, but I'm not 100% sure about that, to be honest. I'm going to go with Al-Qaeda. Right. Yeah, his brother, Kevin, did the same. Together, they trained to become Army Rangers. Both Tillman brothers were assigned to the same battalion. It was the 2nd Battalion of the 75th Ranger Regiment in Fort Lewis, Washington. And then in 2003, they were deployed to Iraq. Hmm. Tillman was pretty much against the Iraq War. And... 
understandably because it wasn't necessarily what what had inspired him to enlist in the first place. Because the U.S. I think launches the invasion of Iraq in 2003. Yeah, so that's right. He was already he was planning on going to Afghanistan and things changed on the ground. So this is. Yeah, kind of already not according to plan for him. Mm-hmm. Naturally, it kind of affected him differently. He started to become very disillusioned. And unlike a lot of people who tend to enlist in the military, Pat Tillman was an atheist. Hmm. So that is interesting. Yeah, not uh, just not your typical. I feel like most I don't have the statistics to prove this, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of religious people tend to be more on more on the conservative side of things. And that tends to be the sort of people who enlist in the military. Yeah, I mean, I know people on both sides of the spectrum who have enlisted in the military. But yeah, probably he was a bit of an outlier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially at this time, like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So he did his first tour of Iraq and then was deployed a second time in Afghanistan where he originally wanted to fight. But it, by this point, he was like pretty much over just being in the war. There was another situation going on at the time that kind of also impacted him. Um, There was a prisoner of war named Jessica Lynch. She'd been captured by Iraqi forces in 2003. Tillman and his brother were assigned to a unit to help free her. And back here in America, the media was like sounding alarms and um, really like sensationalizing this story and saying that she was in so much danger and being treated so terribly and and we have to get her back no matter what. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really true. Yeah. And she said that herself. She later. came out yeah. later and criticized the press for pushing a false narrative. She was just being treated by Iraqi doctors in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Obviously, anyone taken as a prisoner of war, you want to rescue them. But it, it's definitely not the dire, life-threatening situation it was made out to be. Right. I mean, they told a certain story of like her you know, fighting her captors and stuff. And she later said, you know, I was knocked unconscious. I there yeah. was no... Yeah, they, they really... Definitely, they, yeah. they made her out to be like a hero. And yeah. she basically came out and was like, no, I'm not. The people who rescued me are heroes. Mm-hmm. Right. And Pat Tillman kind of stood by her side and publicly called the uh, narrative being pushed by the news media and the military a, quote, big public relations stunt. You can see why the government would have wanted that because there was a lot of support for Afghanistan all around the world. Like that made sense, uh, right. I think, to our like our allies and stuff. And then Iraq was a different story, and support yeah. started eroding after that. So you can see why the government would want to have these not like a feel good story exactly, but something inspirational like this. Yeah, something to get people to rally. Yeah, behind. yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, the irony being that this same sort of thing ended up happening to Pat Tillman after Mm -hmm. the fact. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. On April 22nd, 2004, Pat Tillman, who was 27, which my age, mm-hmm. was killed in Afghanistan. The army and the media immediately came out saying that he had been killed by enemy fire during an ambush in southeastern Afghanistan's coast province. According to the narrative that they were putting out, Tillman had bravely hustled up a hill attempting to force the enemy to withdraw an act that they said saved dozens of his comrades' lives. Um, very much same thing that they did with Jessica Lynch. They started to publicize this story of Pat Tillman as a war hero. Um, top ranking officials in the military wanted to posthumously award him the Silver Star and the Purple Heart Awards. His memorial was nationally televised on May 3rd, 2004. And Senator John McCain, who was himself a veteran, delivered the mm-hmm. eulogy. And then a month later, the army came out with the shocking announcement and said, Tillman actually wasn't killed by insurgents and was, in fact, shot by his fellow soldiers mm-hmm. who uh, <laughs> I shouldn't. I Sorry, I'm like I like laugh because it's such a like horribly ironic situation. Yeah, um, I mean, it's to get them, all around. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to get them to stop shooting, he put his hands up and said his last words were, I'm Pat fucking Tillman. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't they weren't able to hear that, I guess, over the gunfire. Right. Right. And it, this is where it starts to get like really weird and almost conspiracy theory ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mom, Amy, later came out and said, or sorry, his mom, Mary. Mary, Mary, later came out and said that she felt like the army knew immediately what had really happened, but decided to intentionally push an untrue narrative mm-hmm. to make things worse. Pat's brother, Kevin, was on the same mission that day but wasn't present when Pat was killed. And those who were present were told by their superior officers to keep quiet about what happened and hide the truth from Kevin. In other words, they knew like immediately that it had been friendly fire and not something else. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And then, yeah, I I mean, they like really did their best to cover up everything. Pat and Mary were skeptical when the quote unquote full truth came out. Uh, Pat Tillman's personal items, including his uniform, and his private journals had been burned. Hmm. I mean, it's just like it starts to look really not good here. His mom had to fight for years through multiple investigations and congressional hearings to finally kind of get some sort of answer. Um, some lawmakers in the House Committee on Oversight and the government reform even accused Bush officials and the Pentagon of actively withholding documents on Pat Tillman's death. Hmm. So naturally, despite the fact that the official record states that his death was an accident, People started to theorize, mm, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Yeah. I was reading about this beforehand, and I think we should touch on maybe, like, what exactly happened. It sounds like he was in, like, you know, a group. I'm not really sure what the official terminology is. Yeah, the squ- squadron? Right. He was with his, his squadron, and something happened. One of their cars broke down, and they were forced to split up. And it was starting, like, nightfall was rushing in. And there was just like the Taliban were there, but there was a miscommunication and they started firing on each other. So 
that seems like that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a very you would you would know right away. Well, yeah, the people, yeah. the men with him. Absolutely. That's why yeah. Pat Tillman said what he said. He could he knew it was friendly fire. The men around him recognized it was friendly fire. Yeah. Yeah. But they were told not to talk about it, like you said. So Right, which is concerning. Yeah. And and there's like probably a couple different reasons for that. One, the army wanted to get their initial narrative out, which to like put my own opinion into this, I don't really think there's an excuse for mm-hmm. like lying knowingly about how somebody died. But there were a lot of people who thought that maybe Pat Tillman had been intentionally killed. And there's like a, a fair bit of evidence to support that. Not saying whether or not it's true or that's what I believe, but there is some evidence here. Hmm. A lot of people came out. Soldiers who worked with Pat Tillman said he was well respected and had no major enemies. But he was also very bitter and jaded about the war, and very outspoken about his feelings about it. He was also planning to go public with his opposition to the invasion of Iraq and and speak out against President Bush himself. And this is obviously during the lead up to the 2004 election. Mm -hmm. And then the actual circumstances start to get a little muddy as more information came out. In 2007, it was revealed that army doctors who examined the body were suspicious of the close proximity of the bullet wounds on his head. Hmm. Doctors even tried unsuccessfully to convince authorities to investigate the death as a potential crime because, quote, the medical evidence did not match up with the scenario as described. Yikes. Which starts to, yeah. Uh, evidence led doctors to believe Tillman had been shot by an American M16 rifle from only 10 yards away. And that detail remained secret to the public for years. There's an interesting, there's um, a pretty like in detail Sports Illustrated article about this. And they talked to his mother and she, before, I've not, this detail about 10 yards away, I think she was um, working with different data. She thought it was much further away, but she would stand and someone would stand whatever distance they had been told and see if that was like a confusing distance to be away from someone. And they found that you could actually see each other pretty clearly from that distance, which yeah. made her, I mean, she was like dogged about like investigating this. And she felt like that was not a good excuse to not recognize someone even at night. Although, I mean, I can see with like the panic and everything. Sure. That's setting in. But, but but she did. She did make that observation. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will say uh, American soldier uniforms look significantly different to what the Taliban wear as well. Mm. So not really easy to mix up there. And then you kind of mentioned it, too, that 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 it seems like maybe the situation became strictly a friendly fire thing. But it was also concerning that it, they found out later there were no signs of enemy fire in the area. So it almost makes you wonder why Tillman's brothers in arms were even firing their guns in the first place. Hmm. I thought there were like Taliban in the area, but I'm not sure. They might have been in the area, but I don't think they actually made any contact. Hmm. I don't think they were being like shot at or anything. Not to say things can't get confusing. Yeah. If you're in an unfamiliar hostile area at night, but they didn't find any signs of enemy fire. That's bad. Yeah, it gets worse. (laughs) In 2007, it was also revealed that, and I quote, army attorneys sent each other congratulatory emails for keeping criminal investigators at bay as the army conducted an internal friendly fire investigation 
that resulted in administrative or non-criminal punishments. Hmm. And uh, yeah, the it's just like it's so murky, all the details still, even nearly two decades later. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking it's been interesting, you know, as we hit these anniversaries, 2013, 2023 of the Iraq war beginning. And even, you know, when I was in high school, there was a lot of not not soul searching exactly, but there were like doc- documentaries about how did this happen? Who was involved? Who were the voices in the room pushing this? And I think that's yeah. increased in recent years. And yeah, it is it is sad that he I guess it's not there's not much else you can investigate or it seems like it's just a mystery. If they're not willing to investigate it or to reopen the investigation, then right. I mean, there's nothing to be done about it. There have been like, like his mother wrote a book and I the guy who wrote um that book about the book that was made into a banner of heaven about the Mormon orders. He wrote a book about this too. So there have been like some focus on it, but yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of kind of posthumous scrutiny levied Mm -hmm. at the war on terror. Sure. Um, Like you said, especially in recent years, like a lot more information's come out and just hindsight in general, just looking back and saying like, I mean, this is why nine 11 conspiracy theories are so, prevalent still Mm -hmm. because people think that the bush administration coordinated that event to justify this war to get oil from the middle east and it's it's a whole rabbit hole you can fall down but i talk about conspiracy theories with my friends on another podcast Mm -hmm. and it's like there's this like recurring trend with conspiracy theories and people who believe in them that like stems from paranoia distrust in the government a lot of anti-Semitism, which maybe isn't that surprising. But I, I think you you take that combination of factors, even just two of them. Someone who's really paranoid, yeah. someone who doesn't trust the government, thinks and and has evidence to prove that the government has lied to the American people. And right. if you can prey on that, you can really get people to start believing anything. I mean, it's, it's kind of I mean, I'm far from a conspiracy theorist, and I generally believe in things like like the JFK assassination, I'm of the opinion that it's like, it's what, you know, right. I think it is what it is, but, um, it is interesting in this case, you know, you say people are worried about the government lying. And in this case, like they were lying, like they, they lied about Lynch and they lied about Tillman. And that was two things that they purposely, you know, set up a certain way, presented a certain way to the public. That wasn't true, but it's interesting that the truth, the truth did come out, you know, right. or shades right. of truth did come out. Yeah. And that's what I mean, it's that's the yeah, it's the same reason people don't trust mainstream media mm-hmm. and that they turn to fringe beliefs who, who you know, are the whistleblowers like Alex Jones. Yeah. I use whistleblowers in quotes there because obviously uh, he's not. <laughs> yeah, right. But people like him can prey on that. They can prey on that like paranoia and distrust and it doesn't do anyone any favors when like stuff like this happens and then. The truth does come out later yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And then especially a guy like Pat Tillman, who was quoted just saying to one of his fellow soldiers, this war is so fucking illegal. Mm. And you can see why the American government and military would maybe want him to stop talking, especially because right. he was such a well-known public figure. And this was an election year. You know, it was, you know, a very competitive election. Yeah. Who was who ran against Bush in 2004? Was that? John Kerry. Um, John Kerry, okay. Yeah. It's a very odd war, and there's still questions about it and 
some yeah. fascinating documentaries and books and everything. And he's a part of that, Pat Tillman. I wouldn't go out on a limb and say that he was intentionally killed, but I also, I, I don't, I'm with his family and feeling like the, the full story hasn't really been told yet. Yeah. I think there seems to be like definitely, I mean, they, it's like he was their most famous, you know, best known soldier and for him to die in this way, like the government, like it's almost like, of course they want to cover that up. Yeah. You know, so there's that. And then something more sinister beneath that. I don't know. But it's interesting to me that it only took them a month to change their story. Hmm. Like they came out, they said, okay, he was killed by insurgents. You know, these things happen. It's a tragic loss for our country. And then only a month later, they were like, actually, turns out it was friendly fire. Do you think, are you surprised that it took them just a month and not that they didn't sit on it for longer? Yeah, that Mm. seems like, why would you release that information so soon after if you were trying to, like, obviously keep it under wraps? That's such a weird decision. But it's not the first time something like that's happened. Like, we talked briefly about Roswell, and it was very much the same sort of situation. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, like every week it was a new story. That's like almost in reverse where they were like, it's aliens. And they were like, oh, no, it's not. And this one yeah. is a bit like, I don't know. It's like, it's like the um, I'm not saying the Roswell is like the truth, but it's like the truth. And then the lie. And this was the lie. Right, and then the right. truth. Yeah. The way people. Yeah. You'd think they'd say weather balloon. Right. First. first. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. the, and then. And not UFOs. We found a UFO. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. There must have been. I think there was pressure from his family and pressure from within like the people witnessed this people saw it happen yeah so i have to imagine his brother was also like picking up on stuff yeah like hey someone's not telling me something here right i mean they weren't supposed to talk to him the men who had been on the ground but yeah i would i would think he'd pick up on that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't have much else to say about it it's just like a really somber story and i'm trying to keep the tone somber yeah <laughs> I, I know tend it's not to, much yeah to uh it's just yeah it means a tragedy on several different levels you know but i think it does capture something really interesting about the war and public perception of the war and the government's reaction to public perception and like things had been not going great you know by 2004 right we were we were going to go in and end it and get out and you know obviously hw bush bush's father yeah had done that in the 90s gone in got right out Stops it yeah. going into. It was supposed Kuwait. to be like a very quick operation. Now people are saying, "How the long are we going to be there?" Military can't yeah. snuff out these right. terrorists, and you know why is it taking so long? And yeah, Osama bin Laden hasn't been captured. There's now there's news about you know the U.S. being guilty of like torture, like all these right, yeah, all the Guantanamo Bay things. This and, stuff is changing, and so yeah, I think that all this happened at a very interesting and crucial moment yeah. during the conflict. I was, a senior in high school when they caught Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. Yeah. And they killed him and they killed him, not caught him, but yeah, I guess they caught him and then killed him. Right. Yeah. I remember I was like sitting with friends and I was on Twitter because I used to spend a lot of time on Twitter, even in college. And there was someone, there was like news incoming and I, I just knew it. I was like, I think they got him. Yeah. And then they did. And, uh, we weren't like gathered on a TV watching, but I was kind of like scrolling through the Twitter and being like, oh my yeah, gosh, same with my news. reactions. Yeah. 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 Um, it's very much, I mean, obviously like 
I guess for both of us, it's a conflict that defined a big part of our lives. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it is just like a very like just sad topic. Yeah, I don't really know where to leave off on this one. It sucks because there's not really a conclusion. There's no end of the story. It's just left in murky detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it just kind of stands as one of these moments that contains like so much. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to look back on, though. It is, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, to think how like young he was, too. Because when I even when in like high school, I guess I was young then. But looking at pictures of him, he looks like a grown up, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, he was a professional football player. Yeah. But he's a big guy because he's like a big guy, but yeah. he was really young. I mean, they all were. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the thing we forget about like war a lot of the time. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's just something I don't think about often, but the age of people who are fighting. Yeah. Like you say, like you talk about the army and my my brain goes to like the like general from Avatar, not the last airbender, the the blue James Cameron movie. It's just like, like a, just like typical military old man, uh-huh. short cropped hair, like grizzled looking. And it's like the top one percent of the brass are those like older guys. Right. It's mostly. And yeah. the rest of it's like people younger than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and in that through that lens, too, it, you can think like, you know, these young I, I, I'm not sure if there are any women in this squadron, but young people in a in a foreign country at war and like things like this, like horrible situation. You can see how it could happen. It's just the cover up yeah. is so horrible. Yeah. Well, especially when these people like Pat Tillman feel like they've been lied to. Right. And are then asked to lie mm-hmm. and to like hide things. I'd be I would be so curious to like hear from the people who were there that day i don't know if they've ever spoken publicly about it i saw at least one spoke to npr um and then one in that sports illustrated article mm. spoke about just like the kind of the trauma of the aftermath and you know he yeah dealt i can with imagine ptsd and um Sur- all sorts survivor's of guilt mm-hmm. yeah yeah speech to be horrible Let's lighten things up here at the end a little bit and give a little preview. Let's see. What are we doing next? Maybe it won't be a fun preview. No, we. I mean, this month we have Ju- Judith Love Cohen. Judith Love Cohen. Yeah. Judith Love Cohen. And then it would be History Happy Hour after that end of the month. Mm-hmm. And then going into next month, we have a bunch of spooky stories lined up. Ghost stories. Yeah. Which, uh, what, Sleepy Hollow... Uh-huh. The Enfield haunting and the history of the rainbow. Is that what it's called? Oh, mermaid. The mermaid inn or something. No, that's a restaurant. What? Is that what it's called? There's also a restaurant in New York called the Mermaid Inn. Oh, she she decided to go to uh <laughs> the Mermaid Inn. <laughs> Today's the anniversary of her death. Yes, February 8th. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I know um, Sleepy Hollow has like a lot of layers. And I think Kara might be joining us for that one too, which could be fun. One of our editors. Um, and then the others, yeah, I know a little bit about Enfield. Nothing about Mermaid Inn. So we'll dive into those subjects the next couple of weeks. That should be fun. But yeah, next week, or yeah, is the Judith Love Cohen. I don't know if you know her story, but she's 
She's Jack Black's mother. Oh. And she helped save the Apollo 13 astronauts. So it's kind of a cool story. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, that'll be hopefully a lighter episode. Yeah. I mean, she's a pretty inspirational person. Um, oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah, she's did some cool stuff in her life. I love Jack Black. Yeah. It was kind of funny when I was writing this. the outline. You know, I I appreciate Jack Black, but I can't say that I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I've seen School of Rock, and that's it. Yeah. Tropic Thunder? I haven't seen it. Oh, great movie. Mm. One of my favorite comedies of all time. Wow. It's really funny. Isn't Robert Downey Jr. also in that? Yes. And he's in blackface the whole time. It's a point in the movie. His his character is a guy doing blackface. Uh-huh. And it's meant to kind of poke fun at method acting. So it's... Interesting. I think it's a very funny movie. I highly recommend you watch it. I know his name has been bandied about lately for Oppenheimer... I didn't realize he was in Oppenheimer. Have you seen it yet? No, Steph saw uh, it twice. I didn't see it once. She saw it twice. Yeah, I I she did the Barbenheimer double double feature, and then she went and saw it again with her mom. Wow, because it's a long movie. Yeah, that's why I didn't go. I I can't do long movies anymore. Oh, it's it's pretty long, but it's good. I I have heard. I might I might check it out. And he's good. It might be a home home theater watch. Yeah. I did see Barbie. Oh, I saw Barbie too. I thought it was just okay, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Ryan Gosling was the best part of yeah, it. Yeah, he was a he was a delight. Yeah. But I think I liked Oppenheimer more, actually. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. It's probably a better movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I appreciated Barbie, but I think I went in with very high expectations, and I was kind of like, well, it was fun. Yeah. It wasn't like... Yeah, it didn't go the direction I expected it to. It was very, like... I think if it had come out five years ago, it would have felt... It would have, like, hit more... But I, I don't know, I felt like, I feel like, I don't know, yeah. I, I have a lot of thoughts about Barbie, but it's for a different podcast, I suppose. Um, yeah, <laughs> tune in for our spinoff <laughs> podcast where we uh, do a rewatch of Barbie yes. and break it down scene by scene. Line there by we line. go. Yeah. But yeah, so next next time will be Judith Love Cohen and her very cool story outside of being Jack Black's mother, which is just a very small part of her <clears throat> life. And then into ghost stories pretty soon. Love ghost stories. Should we like decorate our home <laughs> offices, like make them like spooky looking? Oh, we can like light candles and like like fake cobwebs and stuff. Yeah, or like 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 fake fires and like put up little like flashlights and shine them up on our faces. Wow, we could do that. Could really do it. I was there. There might be a thing in Google Meet that we can just turn on. Oh, see, that'd be even better because I wouldn't have to buy yeah. anything. Yeah, we can add like thunder noises and. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Oh Very yeah, there's spooky. definitely there's definitely stuff in Google Meet we could just flip on. Perfect. Excellent. Well, those will be fun to do. All about ghosts. Yeah. Um, if anyone listening has any thoughts on today's story, we'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. You can always get in contact with us at podcast at allthatsinteresting dot com. Give us a call if you want to leave us a voice message. Our number is nine two nine five two six three zero two nine. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we can always play the messages here on the show. We got all the stuff related to the Pat Tillman story. We have a whole write up about it on the website, all that's mm -hmm. interesting dot com, along with a litany of other interesting, obviously, uh, <laughs> history, science. It's like true my crime favorite stories. joke when I'm like, I work for a site called All is Interesting. We write about like, you know, interesting stuff. Stuff that's interesting. People are like, oh, OK. Yeah. Um, I'll tell somebody about something I wrote for the site. And they'll be like, oh, that's interesting. And I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously that's all we cover it's all it's literally it yeah i mean uh, we do cover new stuff every day from the news and from history you can um sign up for our newsletter mm-hmm. at all that's interesting.com slash sign up yes uh or become a member which gets you some exclusive perks and no advertisements on the Correct. website which is uh-huh. always great because it means you're supporting us directly and not through third-party advertisers and how do you become a member? Allthisinteresting.com slash membership. Hey, nice. Yeah. Say, all right. Yeah. Very good. I'm getting there. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> I've done a learning. You got this. Um, follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. At Real History Uncovered mm-hmm. on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And <laughs> you seem so uncertain. Like, <laughs> I think those are right. <laughs> That's like the one that I actually normally get. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm like, all right, I got all the other ones. Well, plus you like you were in charge of our TikToks. I would I would have thought that you'd be like it's in your sleep. Yeah, it is real history uncovered. I knew that. There we go. I started second guessing myself. <laughs> oh, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, we're everywhere. We sure are. My friend actually said she was like scrolling through TikTok the other day, and we came just up? like absentmindedly and like have it, and we and she heard my voice. Oh my god. And, said it like really freaked her out because wow. she wasn't expecting it so funny i have no idea how tiktok works so uh, but nice yeah, well it always wants me on our work account to follow everybody in my contacts oh so it's not surprising that like i would pop up there i see interesting yeah hmm. it's also it feels very invasive i don't like it it's big brother it's got his eye on you I was listening, my, my friend was complaining to me about her car, and I listened to a podcast that has, um, I can't remember, whether it's like ads that are based on your location, I can't remember what the word is, the term is, Ew. and I started getting ads for cars, which I have never, ever Googled, because I don't have a car, and I was oh, like, oh, they're so listening. Creepy. Yeah. I hate it. It's weird. I hate it here. <laughs> yeah, life is, life is fine. Life is good. Can't wait for the aliens to reveal themselves. I'm going to Planet X. There you go. No social media there. Nibiru, baby. Fun. I guess that's that. And we'll be back soon with more fascinating stuff, as always. Thanks for listening. Till next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.